0: camp of the Boston Breakers at Curry College just outside Boston. You know, they told me when I got this USFL assignment time, you're going to love it. Pro football in the spring. There's only one thing wrong with that. Where's spring? I mean, the calendar says late April, but the weather over 90% of the country has just been horrendous for springtime. No matter, the Boston Breakers continue to get ready for their showdown this Sunday against the Philadelphia Stars in Philly. And over the next half hour, we'll preview that game. We'll have highlights of last week's action in the USFL. We'll also go out to Las Vegas again to get all the picks for this week's action as well. All that and much more coming your way next on Inside the USFL. (laughs) buried in the sand <laughs> ah!
1: for the what good friends really play this hard for a beer
0: well it is Michelob light the rich smooth taste you can compare to any beer you like ah see the sun the sand the check the check Cross
1: X right on two. In a ball game, I don't care how much I sweat. The more I sweat, the meaner I feel. <clears throat> but off the field, I want to feel nice and dry. And I want to smell nice. That's why I use Speed Stick Super Dry Antiperspirant. Speed Stick's the wide stick. Gives me effective protection in just a few strokes. Helps fight wetness and odor all day. Get the wide stick for protection. Speed Stick Super Dry Antiperspirant by
2: Menon.
0: Behind me, you see the Boston Breakers, busy preparing for their big game this week with the Philadelphia Stars. Last Saturday afternoon on ESPN, the Stars did some preparing of their own for Boston with a big win on the road against the Oakland Invaders. The Oakland Invaders were making their first appearance at home in over a month. And late in the first quarter, they looked strong as Arthur Winnington looked uh, to be ready to score a touchdown. But wait a minute, he fumbles the ball right before he breaks the plane of the goal line. Antonio Gibson recovers for Philadelphia. They rule it a touchback in favor of the Stars. And Philadelphia, while well, they decide to make their offense go here in the second quarter. Kelvin Bryant takes a pitch out, rolls left bottle up there, so he turns around right, gets some good blocking, and then turns on the speed. A 45-yard run down the right sideline, set up a 39-yard field goal. Philadelphia took a 3-0 lead in the second quarter. The Stars playing opportunistically on defense. Basana, the quarterback for Oakland, has his pass intercepted by Mike Lush. The first of two on the day for Lush in his fourth of the season. After that interception on the very next play from the I formation, the brilliant rookie out of North Carolina, the 44 magnum Kelvin Bryant, takes off again. Nice juke in the open field. 37 yards and a touchdown gives Philly a 10-0 lead. Bryant had 118 yards on the day on 14 carries. Now, let's take a look at Oakland's only touchdown. Quarterback Fred Bassana to wide receiver Wyatt Henderson. Does he fumble before he gets into the end zone or not? The officials said he broke the plane of the goal line. Touchdown. Phillies lead his cut to 10-7. But late in the game, Chuck Fusina's fourth completion of this drive, this one an 18-yard scrambling toss to... Tom Donovan, who gets nailed late no matter the touchdown counts. Philadelphia hangs on for a 17-7 win and the best record in the league at 6-1. Meanwhile, last Sunday afternoon at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan, the favorite Chicago Blitz were upset again. Blitz leading 6-3 third quarter. From the 31-yard line, boom, right up the middle goes rookie John Williams out of Wisconsin. And Williams had a 100-yard day, 133 on the day. Then Kenny Lacey, a 9-yard touchdown run up the middle. All of a sudden, Michigan led 17-6. Kevin Long brings Chicago back with a touchdown from one yard out, 17-12. Then, with less than a minute to play in the game, Greg Landry's pass is tipped by John Corker, intercepted by Robert Pennywell, the former Atlanta Falcon. Big play for Michigan. Another big play on the day. Watch the punt return from Anthony Carter. He hasn't caught a touchdown pass yet this year, but watch Carter go on this 41-yard punt return that would eventually set up a Michigan touchdown the michigan panthers win their second in a row upsetting chicago at home 17 to 12. a big crowd last sunday afternoon at giant stadium as new jersey's generals took on the washington fiddles early on it looked like another long day for new jersey dave jacob's the punter low snap runs for his life out of the end zone A safety washington leads it two nothing first play of the second quarter Generals quarterback Bobby Scott gets things in gear, finding his big tight end, Victor Hicks. Open over the middle, 40 yards, touchdown. 6-2, the Generals after the missed extra point. Following a Washington punt, the Generals driving again. Herschel Walker scores the first of his two touchdowns on the day. 12-2, plus the two-point conversion, made it 14-2 in favor of New Jersey. Joe Gillum came in at quarterback for Washington, relieving Mike Hohensey, and promptly found Mike Holmes wide open, 18 yards and a touchdown. The Generals led, though, at halftime, 17-8. In the fourth quarter, the Generals turned to drive. Walker goes 13 yards for the score. The PAT no good. 23 to 8, New Jersey. Then later on in the game, following a New Jersey punt on third down, Gillum to craig James. He keeps his balance beautifully. 52 yards and a score. 23-22. Washington went for the two-point conversion and missed. I don't believe it. The Federals going for two. Here's the pass broken up in the end zone by Keith Moody. Biggest play of the game. But Washington still had a chance to win. Rookie kicker Ken Olson misses. New Jersey wins 23 to 22.
3: The biggest difference is just uh, at least coming more accustomed with uh, the pro style of play, uh, coming more accustomed with the uh, three down linemen, four down linemen, and uh, bikers and stuff. And I think that's been a real big adjustment.
0: So the New Jersey Generals win their second game of the year, upping a record of two and five as they beat the Washington Federals. 23 to 22. A lot of people have been trying to get a line on what to expect this Sunday when the Boston Breakers meet the Philadelphia Stars. If you want to get a line on that game and all this coming week's action, stay with us because coming up next, we'll go out to Las Vegas and visit with Gary Austin and Jim Feist as Inside the USFL continues.
3: Electric Factory Concerts presents Waylon Flowers and Madam. Ma- yes, this is Madam, and Wayland and I are coming to town for an outrageous night you won't soon forget. All singing, all dancing, all laughing. This show's a gas, honey. <laughs> and don't miss Angela Beaufield on April 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th at the Walnut Street Theater. Tickets available at Ticketron, usual locations, and the Electric Factory Concerts box office. Or call 344-1770.
0: Saturdays on the
1: CBN Cable Channel. The Best of the West, beginning at noon Eastern with the Westerners. Wild Bill Hickok, movies on Saturdays at the Westerns, and Western Classics. plus Wyatt Earp, Wagon Train, The Monroes, Saturdays on CBN, beginning at noon Eastern. Turn now to the CBN Cable Network, the family entertainer. On CBN Cable Channel 31.
0: We can give you a little insight into week number eight of the United States Football League. Gary and uh, Jim, uh, some uh, very unusual doings this past week in the USFL. Four road teams were victors, but let's get right into this weekend's schedule. We have two games scheduled for this Saturday night, one of which will be seen on ESPN, the Los Angeles Express, taking on the Michigan Panthers.
2: Gary, how would you uh, set the line on this game? Well, Tom, we we opened this game, Michigan, a one-point favorite over L.A., There's been a little money for Michigan. They're actually one and a half currently, and uh, that surprises me a little because LA sure looked good at Tampa. Jim, uh, the uh,
0: LA Express hadn't scored a touchdown on the ground all year. They've now broken that schneid. Do you think they're gonna get their
3: offense in gear? Well, their offensive line did open some holes last week, and they were able to gain some yards on the ground. I've been criticizing uh, their coach for the past few weeks about alternating quarterbacks. Well, last week, he went with Mike Ray the whole game he wasn't that impressive, but they did win the game. I think they will stick with him again this week. Michigan's now won two games in a row, but they're now installed as a favorite, and I really don't see them as a favorite yet. They're too young of a club. I'm going to take the Express in the uh, one-and-a-half points. Meanwhile, out in the desert area, Denver Gold being uh, winning their last game
0: against uh, Birmingham uh, on the road against the Arizona Wranglers. This looks like a very difficult
2: game to handicap, Gary. Arizona's fallen on hard times Tom and uh, we opened this game two and a half point favorite with Denver uh, It's actually gone to three and uh, that may surprise a lot of people, but uh, Arizona really has uh, played very poorly on defense the last few weeks
3: You know last week Arizona played rather poorly and they gave the breakers 27 points on, as a result of turnovers Denver was very fortunate. They got a second chance after missing a game-winning field goal uh, there was a roughing uh, penalty and they got a second chance and they finally won the game Denver's offense is not that potent and I think Arizona's going to pull this one out in an upset now We move to
0: Sunday's schedule three games on the docket Tampa Bay Bandits without John Reeves He'll be out with a broken arm. They're visiting a Washington federal team. That's lost its last two games by the margin of one point
2: Gary very interesting matchup. Well, we, we actually opened Tampa like a six and a half or seven point favorite Uh, on the road but after the injury to Reeves we've made a major correction here and right now Tampa's a four-point favorite against Washington who's only won one game all year
0: Uh, Jim uh, Washington hasn't been winning many games but they've been doing all right for the people
3: who like to put down a few dollars because they've been covering the spreads you know since they've installed uh, Joe Gillum at quarterback he has really looked pretty good he has the savvy and the experience to pick apart some of these uh, defenses in this new league now they got Craig James back, and he looked pretty strong last week. I think this team is improving. Where on the other side, uh, Jimmy Jordan may have looked good last week in a mop-up role against a uh, very soft defense, but I think he's too young to lead this club to victory. I like Washington in this game. The Oakland Invaders only scored seven points last week at home
0: against the Philadelphia Stars. They're on the road again this week to take on the Birmingham Stions, a team that has also had trouble putting points on the board, Gary.
2: Well, anybody that watched the Oakland-Philadelphia game realizes that Oakland played much better than the final score. Uh, they started off very strong, just couldn't uh, put any points on the board, even though they drove the ball down uh, near the goal line a number of times. Uh, this is the third road favorite. We're going to make Oakland a 2 and point favorite. And uh, this is something we might mention, that 10 out of the last 12 teams to cover the spread have been road teams the last two weeks. Jim, it seems
0: that uh, odds-makers are not afraid at all in this United States Football League to put the road team as the favorite.
3: Well, it seems going in the road teams should be favored because, like Gary said, they're covering the spread and they're also winning the game straight up. This uh, game uh, brings up a point, though, that this is the first rematch of this young season. Oakland actually played Birmingham earlier, and Birmingham beat them in overtime out at Oakland. Uh, In the first uh, rematch of the season, our actual revenge game, I'm going to take Oakland to win this game and even the score with uh, Birmingham.
0: All right, gentlemen, the game of the week appears to be the Boston Breakers uh, at the Philadelphia Stars. Boston 5-2, and two, Philadelphia 6-1. and one.
2: And, uh, Gary, will the Breakers continue to be the Lucky Breakers, or are they just playing good? I tell you, I think this game points up something very interesting. Philadelphia looks like probably the best team in the league, and, and the reason for that is probably their offensive line. They're the one team that spent money on linemen, where most of the team spent money on uh, running backs or quarterbacks. And so uh, what a lot of people never realize is the, the quality of the linemen is often the quality of the team. We opened this game, Philadelphia, a six-point favorite. It's actually gone up a half-point. They're now a six-and-a-half-point uh, favorite in Vegas. Jim,
0: uh, in light of Boston's big win on the road at Arizona last week, should they be a a six-and-a-half-point underdog in this game?
3: Boston's been very fortunate. They've taken advantage of their opponent's mistakes better than any other team in the league. Also, John Walton played at Philadelphia for the Eagles, so he's coming home. And uh, last but not least, Philadelphia's only loss has come to Tampa Bay, and next week they're going to be playing Tampa Bay. So there's a possibility they'll be looking ahead. The six and a half is a big spread in a game like this i'm going to take the points
0: all right uh, jim and finally monday night here on espn the better's favorite team the new
2: jersey general's on the road at the chicago blitz and gary can you figure out what the blitz are all about well i'm I'm more interested in what the generals are all about just when it looked like they were going to let the bookmakers down and uh and actually win easy last week they managed to give up a couple late scores and have washington cover and they're now only covered once out of seven games and We've established Chicago an eight-point favorite, and uh, Chicago is an up-and-down team, but uh, we look for the people to probably come in on the Generals again.
3: I haven't been right with this team all year, I don't think. This is definitely my nemesis. I wish they'd uh, retire from the league and go somewhere else, but uh, this week, uh, I think Herschel Walker will make a difference. He's going to keep this game close because I think they're able to control the ball on the ground. Another thing is the Blitz maybe coming up on hard times their offensive line is really hurt and i think they're going to have trouble uh, controlling the game eight's a big spread in a game where i don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored thanks
0: again gary and jim we'll be talking to you next week out in las vegas when we preview week number nine of the usfl you know george allen came out about 10 days ago and said the one thing he doesn't like about the usfl as a coach is that the games are simply going too long last monday night paul mcguire was part of our broadcast team in tampa for a game that lasted nearly three and a half hours Paul has some thoughts on the length of the United States Football League games. Tom, there's been a lot of controversy in the young
1: seven weeks of the USFL and all of a sudden George Allen has added a little bit more. There have been a lot of rule changes different from the National Football League, but one in particular. In the last two minutes of the half, in the last two minutes of the football game in the fourth quarter, the clock stops after every offensive first down just to set the ball to move the markers. George Allen feels that the game is too long doing that. And he also feels that the fans are getting turned off about it. But one thing you have to remember about the two minutes in the, in the first half and the last two minutes of the fourth quarter it is the most exciting football that you're going to see, I think, during the course of the game. Because when the defense is behind, it helps them. The offense can't run the clock out like they can in the National Football League, and I think it's a great rule because it gives the defense an advantage. And also, if the offense is down and they have the ball, it gives them an advantage. They don't have to waste their timeouts. They can huddle at the line of scrimmage. It does speed up the game. It doesn't slow it down. I don't think the time difference is in that span of the ball game, the last two minutes of the half and the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. The time difference is they're throwing too many passes, maybe not enough passes. Tom, back to you.
0: Thanks very much, Paul. We'll check in again with you next week and stay with us on Inside the USFL because coming up next we'll have highlights of the Boston Breakers' victory over the Arizona Wranglers, an exciting win by the Denver Gold over Birmingham, and the LA Express steal one from the Tampa Bay Bandits. That and much more coming up as Inside the USFL continues. Mary, Mary, quite contrary, how does your garden grow? With stones and weeds, there's no room
1: for seeds. So where does Mary go? When she's got a
2: problem, she finds the answer here. It's more than just a job with us.
0: On tomorrow's Business Times, we'll have a debate over the prospects of reinflation. We're also going to take a look at General Foods and where the giant food company is headed with its mega-marketing strategy. And
1: we'll have our weekly Washington checklist with Washington editor Scott Barrett. His list always explains what's going on in, in the nation's capital that may affect your business. Join us for the next Business Times. <music>
0: Prior to this USFL season, a lot of the so-called football experts didn't think the Boston Breakers would do very well at all. All of a sudden, they have a 5-2 record and among their believers include the Arizona Wranglers. The big reason the Boston Breakers are 5-2, they take advantage of the other team's mistakes. Last Sunday night in Tempe, Arizona, Arizona Wranglers back to punt, Jim Asmus, though fumbles the snap, he recovers but he's tackled back on the 2-yard line and on the next play, Boston scores a touchdown. Johnny Walton roll out to his left. Walton, the quarterback, number 10, finding Richard Crump, the league's third-leading rusher, who can also catch the ball, 7-0 Boston. Now with a score, 10-0 Boston. Quarterback Alan Richard to Jackie Flowers. Flowers, the second-leading scorer in the USFL, brings the score down to 10-7. In the second half, though, it was all Boston. Tony Davis goes six yards for the score. Boston would win the game by a final score of 44-23. After the game, we talked with a very frustrated Arizona Wranglers coach, Doug Scheiber. They pay me
1: to coach team, and I'm responsible. And our players weren't ready to play tonight, and so I think all of us, um, players, coaches
0: alike, have to sit down and look at themselves, analyze themselves, and see exactly where we are the final score again Boston Breakers win it 44 to 23 over the Arizona Wranglers and last Sunday afternoon the site was Legion Field in Birmingham Alabama the Denver Gold of the Birmingham Stallions Denver broke on top early quarterback Kenny Johnson under pressure little swing pass to Bull Matthews Matthews does the rest into the end zone extra point no good six nothing Denver in the second quarter once again it's the quarterback Kenny Johnson the former CFL star over the middle picked off by number 44 Billy Caesar for the Birmingham Stallions and then the Birmingham rookie quarterback out of Southern Mississippi, Reggie Collier, he'd take over. Watch him drop back. He is rushed heavily. He eludes the rush of Greg Gergen, finds Daryl Mason over the middle. He takes it 33 yards to set up a first and goal for Birmingham all the way down to the Denver Gold four-yard line. Two plays later, big, burly running back Earl Gant gives the crowd over 26,000. Something to cheer about. He sweeps right, breaks a tackle, touchdown. Birmingham leads at 7 to 6 at halftime. Then with six seconds left in the game, Denver's Brian Spielman sets up for a 50-yard field goal. He'll have to nail it or else Denver would lose. The kick is up and it's good.
3: Denver led the league
1: coming into the game, giving up only 90 yards uh, rushing per game and 3.1 per rush. Uh, and yet we rushed the ball well, but we didn't pass the ball well. And uh, that's a point of concern to me right now. We're not throwing the ball uh, well at all. And... Uh, We've got to do much better there.
0: So Denver's Brian Spielman is the hero. He hits that 50-yard field goal, and the goal wins a big one on the road over Birmingham, 9-7. to seven. Last Monday night in rainy Tampa Stadium in Tampa, Florida. The LA Express on the road looking for their first world victory. How bad was the weather? Well, let's take a look at the elements. You can see Mother Nature did not smile on the crowd of 32,000. First quarter, though, Bandits driving Quarterback John Reeves throws a wobbly yet catchable pass to a wide-open Danny Bugs. He's got a touchdown. All he's got to do is hang on and whoops right through the old hands. Second quarter, the L.A. Express would be driving. Quarterback Mike Ray, he'd overthrow a wide-open Kevin Williams. That could have been a touchdown, but no. Bandit quarterback John Reeves had his problems. Under big pressure from Eddie meek weaver Reeves throws an interception to Mike Fox, the first of three on the night for Fox. That would set up an L.A. field goal. Bandit coach Steve Spreuer says, hmm, we got to do something different in the second half. Bandits fall even further behind in the fourth quarter under big pressure. Reeves coughs up the football. Dennis Edwards would make the hit here. Reeves broke his arm on that play. He'll be out several weeks. That set up the game's first touchdown. John Barnett, a one-yard touchdown. The first rushing touchdown all year for L.A. They take a 16-6 lead. Backup quarterback Jimmy Jordan rallied the Bandits. Jordan connects with Danny Bugs. This time Bugs holds on. 23 yards and a touchdown at 16-13. But the Express held on. With time running out, Dennis Edwards Again, the big rush on Jimmy Jordan, and Jordan is tackled for the safety. The LA Express win it by a count of 18 to 13. Vince Abbott had three field goals to aid the Los Angeles cause. Let's take a look at the standings. The Atlantic Division, Philadelphia on top by one game over Boston. They'll meet this Sunday in Philadelphia's Veterans Stadium, New Jersey, two and five. Washington on the bottom. In the Central Division, it's still Tampa Bay, but only by one game over Chicago. And look out for Michigan. They're only two games out of first. Birmingham is two and five. In the Pacific Division, We have a tie for the lead between the Oakland Invaders and the Los Angeles Express, but they're only one game ahead of the Denver Gold and the Arizona Wranglers. As far as our DuPont Player of the Week... There are those who thought Herschel Walker would win it every week. This is his first DuPont Player of the Week award. Herschel had a great day against the Washington Federals last Sunday, and he has now tied Kelvin Bryant for the overall league lead in rushing in the United States Football League. Herschel had two touchdowns against the Federals, and he also had a big 38-yard run to boot that really helped the New Jersey cause. 28 carries, 143 yards, two touchdowns, and Herschel Walker is our DuPont Player of the Week. This DuPont Player of the Week is brought to you by the Makers of Rain Dance Car Wax Front.
1: Rain dancing on your car's finish means the wax protection isn't finished. And who keeps the rain dancing? Rain Dance. It's guaranteed to last longer than the leading car wax paste or poly. Water beating proves it. Raindance keeps the water beating long after the competition falls flat. And longer lasting means less waxing. So keep the rain dancing longer on your car with Raindance. And you won't have to wax so often.
2: Someday catch a knockout ESPN special. Top ranked boxing winter highlights come out smoking with fantastic mystic fireworks.
0: This Sunday's big game for the Boston Breakers at Philadelphia will determine the leader in the Atlantic Division, that's for sure. But for several members of the team, like Tim Mazzetti, head coach Dick Curry, and quarterback Johnny Walton, it's a return to the city of Philadelphia, the city where they were all, in one way or another, involved in professional football in prior years. I will
1: try to go there and try to display my talents to the best of my abilities on that given day, and, and hopefully things will be gelling for me and, and I can give them a good show. Some stadiums you look, you have good times and some stadiums you don't like. And uh, veteran stadiums is one of my fun stadiums. So I'm looking forward to that uh, because of that. And obviously it's going to be a, a big game for us. We're really looking out to get Philly. So that should be fun.
0: And the fans were good to me in Philadelphia for an assistant coach. I think I probably got as much uh, notoriety out of the fans there. And the people were helping, you know, hoping I'd get a head job. And it's going to be good to go back and see those people. And uh, just so I don't get in the wrong locker room at home locker room has been my home for the last six years But I'm looking forward to it and I think uh, coach Vermill is gonna try and make the game So that'll be nice to, to see him again When this USFL season began the breakers were picked as one of the league's weakest teams five Opponents in seven weeks have found out otherwise. Uh, we started off doing training camp It all goes back to training camp when we start working hard and and our goal was to win a championship and things just started happening for us now and You know, we just come together as a team, Mm -hmm. totally team effort. Sometimes
1: you get some coaches that treat you just like a piece of meat with a dollar sign on it and that they're expecting you to be perfect all the time. We're treated with respect and we're allowed to make mistakes as long as they're not mental. We're allowed to make physical mistakes and we're encouraged when that happens and not looked down at as if we should be perfect. And that's really helped us. We really look up to our coaches and we really play hard for them.
0: Are the breakers truly the lucky breakers, or are they just plain good? We'll find out this Sunday in Philadelphia. Remember, you've always got a 50-yard line seat for exciting USFL action on ESPN. Saturday night, our cameras will be at the Silver Dome just outside Detroit as the Michigan Panthers take on the LA Express. That game will come your way at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific Time. Then Monday night, we'll be live at Soldier Field, Chicago. George Allen's Chicago Blitz playing host to Herschel Walker and the New Jersey Generals. That game comes your way at 9 Eastern Daylight Time Monday night, 6 PM Pacific Daylight Time. Don't forget that's Daylight Savings Time. Well. Another edition of Inside the USFL has come to an end from the training camp of the Boston Breakers. We'll see how they make out this weekend with their big game against the Philadelphia Stars. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place, right here on ESPN for another edition of Inside the USFL.